0: You've had the opportunity to hear the gospel sung and participate in the singing of that. That is our message. We have a Savior who came to us, walked on the face of this earth, commingled with us, God in the flesh. And he loved us. And he died for us. But if you know, if that was the end of the story, it would be a sad end. To a great life. And if that were the end of the story, you and I being here today, it would be a fruitless task. But that's not the end of the story. Because on the third day, Jesus rose again. And he opened the way to life for you and for me. We sing about that, we celebrate that, and we need to be sharing that out in our communities. One of the things that the work of the Gideons International does is to take the word of God, the truth of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to place it into the hands of people who are hungry for his word and those who don't know they're hungry yet. Today it's my pleasure to have Thomas Olson to come and to share with us and to give us an opportunity to celebrate with him all that God is doing. Thank you, Thomas.
1: We could go home right now, just have an altar call. I mean, we've we've had church. Uh, Thank you, praise team. Uh, That was awesome. Uh, Many of you heard Cheryl and myself share our testimony here, Father's Day a year ago. Uh, You're not going to hear our testimony or my testimony today, but you're certainly going to hear testimonies of many who are touched by God's word. Kevin and Keith, twin brothers. I don't know if you know about twins, but, boy, some of them, they just stick together. They do everything together, and that was Kevin and Keith. In fact, neither one was doing anything that the other one didn't know about it. And at the age of 16, the two of them actually decided, virtually did a pact together, that they were going to be professing atheists. Wasn't exactly something that thrilled their mother, but they were going to be top-notch, first-class atheists, be able to win an argument with anybody, anytime, place. Well... They grew up in a place called Madison, Wisconsin. That's like growing up in Athens, Georgia. You got UGA right there. Well, they had the University of Wisconsin right there. And they ended up going to college, living at home. They'd take the bus to school. And one morning, Kevin got off the bus a cold, rainy morning. Now, you think about Wisconsin cold and rainy. Let me tell you, overcoats are not enough. And he saw this long line of guys freaky-looking dudes with big, dark overcoats and umbrellas, and they were handing something out as, the, as people walked by. And he turned down the first one, but he saw he was going to have to turn down a whole lot more before he got to his class going up this long hill on the campus. So he took one of these from the next guy, and then from there on up he could just show, I've already got one, or you can bug off, I've already got one. But let me tell you what happened. This atheist opened this Word of God and began to read, He was so fascinated that he didn't go to class at all that day. He just continued to read God's word. We don't even have to know what he read. We just know where he was. He was in the absolute perfect will of God. And he read to the point that he was convicted. And he got home that night. He's in his bedroom. And he... he, Didn't know what to do. And he finally, I'm sure, ended up here in the back of this where there's a plan of salvation. But he committed his life to Christ in his bedroom. And he prayed for forgiveness and thanked the Lord for the change that had come about him just in that one day. And then he thought, what am I going to tell Keith? You know, we always do things together. After kneeling by his bed and confessing his sins, he got up and he went out the room. And he walked down the hall to his brother's room and he opened the door. Keith with his Bible on his knees. Two people in one day because a church like this gave so that a Bible like this could be given. And look at what it did. Now you've heard a testimony. You'll hear a few more before I leave today. But let me tell you, this is what we hear every month. This magazine comes the first thing we do is open it up. in the front of this thing is, is something called testimonies. And there's just pages of testimonies that come from all over the world, just like the Kevin and Keith story. By the way, Kevin is now a pastor. I actually got to watch him on the Gideon website. And this is another case where sometimes you need to listen to your wives, men. Cheryl came in and said, Thomas, you've got to come see this. And she was on the website and had just watched this testimony. And I replayed it, and it was just awesome. And that's the kind of thing that gets us fired up about what we do. Now I'm going to let you see a testimony via DVD that is a lady who was sharing with a group of Gideons at a state convention. Cheryl and I had the opportunity to hear her live and in person. But let me tell you what, this is what it means to her that she wants to travel and go to Gideons around the country, even around the world, and tell them what happened to her.
2: I too want to thank the auxiliary for the gift bags. I appreciate it very much. It was very nice to be have, it, have those goodies to chump on. Um, I was raised in the church. I knew about Jesus. Well, I know about Clint Eastwood too. I don't know him. <laughs> Big difference between knowing about somebody and knowing them, isn't there? And so um, my marriage ended in divorce. I had three children to raise by myself. My life was pretty weird because I really didn't know, I didn't have a career or anything. I'd been a housewife all those years, and so I got a job illustrating children's reading books, bringing home $65 a week. That's not going to get it. And I always thought I could sing, but I wasn't sure I could do it professionally, but uh, I auditioned with Crimea River. And they hired me, and I was shocked. So all of a sudden, I was Oklahoma City's new jazz queen. (laughs) That's how easy it is to get in show business. And uh, it's hard to raise a family when you're never there. And my girls began to get in trouble and wound up in prison, both of them. I sent my son back to his dad who'd remarried down in Florida, thinking it would just be a short amount of time until I got those girls straightened out. Well, they didn't get straightened out, they went to prison. And it was a real tough time for all of us. Some time went by, and they got out and kind of went their own separate ways. And by then, I had put a show band together, and I looked just like Cher in those days. Can you dig it? (laughs) And I hit the road, and my two brothers got very sick about that time. My oldest brother, Don, was a dentist in Birmingham, and he got MS, multiple sclerosis. My brother, Jim, was a plant manager with Union Carbide, and he got leukemia. And instead of becoming bitter, both of them turned their lives over to Jesus Christ. And they started praying for me. Put me on the holy hit list. (laughs) And as I traveled, I lived in hotel rooms. And guess what's in all those hotel rooms? Bibles placed by a bunch of very busy men. Thank God for the Gideons. And when you're looking for answers, you'll pick those things up. And I was definitely looking for answers. And so I began to pick them up. And of course, we all know that the Bible is the only book in the world where every time you open it, the author shows up. (laughs) And he showed up. Can you imagine the Holy Spirit on the road with a rock band? He was there. Aren't you glad he doesn't care who he hangs out with? Thank God. And every time I'd open that Bible, he would show up and he would minister to my heart. And he showed me some things about myself. And that was a good thing because I needed to be humbled. And I saw that while I was yet a, he was, was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. And that's very humbling. And that's good because he gives grace to the humble. But that wasn't the scripture that really got me. It was in John 3. No, it wasn't 16. It was just below that where it said, Men love the darkness because their deeds are evil. And for the first time in my life, I realized I was in darkness and it scared me. I knew I didn't have that light. And so I knelt beside my bed in a holiday inn in Owensboro, Kentucky, crying my eyes out under great conviction. And I invited Jesus Christ to come into my life. And boy, he wasted no time at all. I'd been waiting for that prayer for 38 years. (laughs) And I got up off my knees, a brand new little baby Christian, didn't have a clue as to what to do next, so I did what I always did, went right back down on the stage. And I got down there and I looked around. The first thing I said was, how come it's so dark in here? It wasn't any darker than it had always been. It's just that the light of the world had moved in. And when he crawls up from behind your eyes and he's looking around, nothing looks the same ever again. And the second thing I noticed, and this is really weird, I loved everybody in the room. I thought, well, what am I supposed to do with this? And I thought, well, maybe a loving thing would be to tell them what I would learned, which wasn't much, it was more than they knew, so I started telling everybody in the nightclub about Jesus. And that went over like a screen door in a submarine, I'll tell you right now.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they really didn't want to hear it. Isn't that funny? The thing we need to hear the most is the thing we want to hear the least. But I couldn't help myself, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And... Jesus was big in my heart, so that's what came out of my mouth. Well, that got me fired, because they didn't want a Christian in their nightclub, and that was okay. I was trying to figure out how to get out of that mess anyway. So I left my band, my equipment, got in my car, San Angelo, Texas, 1977, and a hot, hot August day. And I started driving north. I figured I'd hit Oklahoma somewhere. didn't have a clue as where to go. And I prayed about that, and I started getting this homesick feeling for Lawton, Oklahoma. That had to be God. Nobody gets a homesick feeling for Lawton, (laughs) Oklahoma. Where I graduated from high school in 1957. I'll wait while you all count it up. I had no reason to go there. My parents didn't live there anymore. I had not communicated with my classmates in 20 years, but I just knew I was supposed to go there and look up my best friend in high school, Catherine Stanley, so I did. And she invited me to come over and spend the night, and I drove over there, and I thought, she's going to think I'm crazy. She's going to ask me what I'm doing here. I don't know what I'm doing here. First words out of her mouth, well, what are you doing here? (laughs) And all I have is the truth, so I started telling her everything that happened to me, and she lets out with a great big, well, praise the Lord. It scared me to death. This is great. I'm going to have all the ladies in the church come over and meet you in the morning. Oh, swell. I was not thrilled. I didn't think I had the clothes to meet the ladies in the church. You know that one? Hello? So I found my least tight jeans and my least stupid saying on my T-shirt and brushed out my long black. Share hair and came walking out scared to death. And those ladies just loved me. If they ever saw that stupid saying on my T-shirt, they were very careful to never let me see their eyes traveling across it. And it's just that simple, isn't it, folks? We can love or condemn with just a look. And they welcomed me into the family of God. And for the first time, I understood what the church was all about. Because Jesus said, they'll know you by your love. And we had a great time. This one lady, she was so cute. I just can't wait to hear you testify. (laughs) I said against who? (laughs) I didn't speak Christianese yet. My dad was a judge. I knew what that meant. So we had a nice time and they left. I said, Kathy, I need to call my kids. They think I'm in San Angelo, Texas. Oh, get them all on the phone. She was so excited. My daughter April was married and going to have a baby. She was in Tulsa and Tommy was still with his dad in Florida and Mindy was in Greenville, South Carolina. And I got her on the phone and I said, Mindy, honey, you may not understand this, but I've left show business and I've become a Christian. And she said, Mama, why don't you come on out here to Greenville and start your new life with me? I need you, Mama. And right away, I knew that's where I was supposed to go. So I went to Greenville, South Carolina, found a job, found a church, began living my new life in front of my child, and I blew it sometimes. I'm backsliding, I just blew it sometimes. Anybody else blown it yet? Wow, what a holy group. I bet you all just glow in the dark, don't you? Anybody else blown it yet? Yeah, especially with this, right? I got a call from, well, I called my son Tommy. I said, son, I'm off the road. I've settled down. Sure would like for you to come up and visit, hoping he'd stay. Well, his plane landed on Saturday night. The boy got saved Sunday morning. He wasted no time at all. He saw what he needed. And now he has his own Christian charter bus company in Atlanta called His Majesty Coach. I got a call from April. I thought it was the good news I was a grandmother. Instead, she was crying, and she said, Mama, he's left me. Three days before their baby was born, he walks out. That's what drugs will do for you. So she had my first little grandbaby out there in Tulsa all by herself, a little tiny girl, and she named her Summer. And April and Summer came to Greenville, moved in with us, started going to church with us, and pretty soon she gives her heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. The prison couldn't do it. The psychiatrist couldn't do it. One touch in the Master's hand changed forever. And three years later, the Lord brought her new husband, Jim Summer. a granddaughter named Summer Summer. God does have a sense of humor. My mom came to the Lord when she was 83 years old. It's never too late. And if you'd have asked her any day before then if she was a Christian, she'd have said yes. Why? Went to church. And of course we all know that going to church every Sunday doesn't any more make you a Christian than going to the garage makes you a mechanic. But she's there in heaven now. And I sure am glad to know where she is. And a wonderful Gideon by the name of Warren Bell led my dad to the Lord on his deathbed in Tulane Hospital in New Orleans. I do love the Gideons. It doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop with me. Yes, I've been in the ministry for 30-something years. Thousands of women have come to Christ through my ministry. My daughter and her husband have a difficult ministry. They take in stray kids. They bring them in their homes, get them back on the right track. I cannot tell you the ripple effect. I just can't tell you what you're going to meet up with in heaven when you get up there and you see all the lives you've touched. My goodness. And I never dreamed in a million years a long time ago when I had long black hair and I sang in nightclubs that I would ever sing this song. I hope I can do it. <laughs> Amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved A wretch Like me I once Was so lost But now I'm found I was blind Now
1: so much. I think that could get a get in excited. You know, we look like a bunch of humdrum old business guys. You know, I didn't have to wear this tie. In fact, one of my fellow Gideon brothers sent a text to me. You know, it's casual. You can go casual. Well, I just feel comfortable this way, okay? But I want you to know I really feel comfortable here. Uh, something special. But I want to tell you, the last time I spoke here, and probably the last 50 times I've spoken at a church, I've come to realize I actually have been Leaving you shortchanged because what I do and what all of our Gideon brothers do is we tell you when you give, think about it, one of these, $5. You know, you could get a, uh, not a, one of these, but a Starbucks latte for about the cost of one of these. Think about it. What would you rather do, buy one of these or create a life like you just saw? Because one of these was stashed in a hotel. Or one of these that's In our pocket, we call it a PWT, a personal witness testament. It's kind of got a little cheat sheet because in the front it has what I would maybe call the the Bible for dummies. It's got all these different things that you can go look up. If you're afraid, if you're anxious, if you're depressed, you can look it up in the front and it tells you the page number to turn to. A lot of people don't have a clue where to start, but they know what kind of pain they got. And they get a hold of one of these and they find the answer is in this book. You know, John 1, 1 tells us in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God. This is the word that you place when you give. Now, here's where I've shortchanged you. I always tell you that when every, every penny that you give today, and you'll have an opportunity at the end of the service, it's going to buy one of these or one of these or maybe a case of these, maybe a case of these. Whatever it is you decide to give, every dollar buys Bibles. But that's not the end of it. Last year... Churches like this gave enough money that we bought 79 million Bibles. But they're not in a warehouse somewhere. There's a Gideon who took his time to take that word and place it somewhere. Any number of places. And you'll hear a little bit more about this in the last video we're going to have as we close out because there's another opportunity for you to give besides today, and that is through the card program that we have, the Gideon card program. I have a rack out there with a whole bunch of cards that you can purchase or the cards that you can get for free. There's a rack here 365 days a year. Anytime you come to this church, you can pick up a thank you or rather a thinking of you or an in-recognition or an in-memory card, and you can send a card to someone. What do you think happens when you send a card? Do you get blessed when you're sitting there writing out that card? You probably do. Does the recipient of the card get blessed? I'm sure they do. But just think, if you just bought one Bible, it could have touched a life like that, which yet touched another and another. And Lord knows how many. So we are Christian businessmen, Christian business and professional men. What's the reason for that? Well, one of the reasons is because you're going to buy the Bibles. So we've got to take our own time and our own money and at our expense go somewhere and place those bibles whether it's getting in the car and driving up to the school as we just did a couple of weeks ago and distribute bibles here or getting on a plane and going far away somewhere to distribute bibles there and i'll share a little bit about that program in a minute it's what we call the you know gideons have a whole bunch of acronyms an isb you love that right can you figure out what it is an international scripture blitz There are times that we go to a country, for example, we went to the Philippines not long ago, earlier this year. In 20 days, distributed 1.6 million Bibles. Now, how can you distribute that many Bibles? First of all, there were hundreds of Gideons that are local in the Philippines waiting. And then here come these guys from the USA and other countries to assist. But you know what's different? When I go down here, as I did a couple of weeks ago, to the school, to distribute Bibles. Guess what? Last year we gave them, we distributed Bibles at the elementary school. This year we were not allowed in because one person complained. I was telling Brother Jimmy in the office earlier today, I was just reading this morning some statistics. In the US, this past year we gave one million Bibles inside the schools, three million outside on the sidewalk of the schools because we're not allowed inside anymore. But we go to another country, everybody there is reaching out for the word. They're excited. I can't wait to get that word. I can't wait to get that Bible. It's in 90 plus languages and we're in 193 countries. Now think about this. Every second of every day, because of churches like you, like this one right here and the money you give, 2.4 Bibles are distributed by Gideon somewhere around the world. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now that's just the beginning. Do you know we've, we've distributed over 1.6 billion Bibles in a little over 100 years? Here's what's amazing half of those in the last 12 years. If you don't think this ministry is growing, you're, you're missing something. And any man here that thinks he might have an idea about being a Gideon and wants to know something about it, I want to talk to you afterwards because you will find tremendous blessings in being a Gideon. You don't have to speak, you don't have to do distributions. One thing you're going to do is you're going to be together with Gideons uh, that do it every week in every camp, 130-plus camps across the state, but we're on our knees at old Colonial Restaurant on Saturday morning praying for him, praying for this church, praying for other churches in our community. So that's a big part of what a Gideon is. Now, I don't have to tell you what the Word of God is. You've heard it here many times, but then sometimes we get weak and, and lazy about how powerful the word of God is Jimmy doesn't mind me telling you that he doesn't have to be there with that Bible when somebody finds it. It's going to do what it has to do on its own. Isaiah 55 11 tells us that. You know, God's word does not return to him void in Hebrews 12 4, we're told that it's powerful than a two edged sword. Well, what does that really mean? Look how powerful it was. Here's a lady who knew she's in these hotel rooms. She already knew there were those Bibles in there, but she had to get to a point of need And she had that moment that that word just leaped off the page and changed her life. I couldn't tell her story anywhere near as well as she can. And as I mentioned, many of you probably already heard my story, but you don't need to hear that today. But I want to tell you a little bit about that thing I mentioned called an ISB. And this is a story from the Ukraine anybody know about the ukraine can you name a town in ukraine or a city but just think about it there were gideons that go there on on a blitz and they end up meeting people and they get to hear stories now remember i told you one way we hear these stories is through this this book here but another way we hear them is we go places i was going to use another another one there you could buy a sprite or you could buy one of these how about that think think about the, the choice But I'm going to tell you about a young guy. His name was Ruslan Andronopov. Never heard of him, have you? He was an orphan. At the age of seven, he was literally rummaging around in garbage cans to eat. A boy who knew no love, had no idea what love was. And then somebody took him in and started to give him opportunities. Taught him how to steal cars taught him how to rip people off. He literally became a part of the mafia in Kiev, Ukraine. Now here he is, he's 21 years old, he's got a car of his own, he's got money, he's got an office of his own. This is unheard of in the Ukraine. And after a year or so of sitting in that office, one day he's looking out the window now, I don't know if you know about the Ukraine, but almost everybody goes around by bus. There are local transportation. Bus stations are very, very busy. And he's looking out across the street at this bus station, and here's this, this lady getting out. She's got all these bags of stuff. She's probably, as he says, about 80 years old. And she drops something on the, on the ground. And he sees that she dropped something, and he thought, wow, it's her pocketbook. So maybe that's a wallet with lots of money. I've already, you know, He's already got money, but he's greedy. He wants more, and he goes out there. And he puts his foot on it, and he looks around to make sure nobody's watching. And then he picks up that wallet, and he goes back to his office. And he pulls it out of his pocket, and he opens it up, and it's a book. It's in Russian. What is this book? And he begins to read. And he reads, and he reads, and he reads. And his office is usually terribly busy. And here's God again at that divine appointment. God knows he doesn't need any interruptions right now. He's in the Word, and he's reading. He reads four times about this guy, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He's a wonderful man, and they killed him. Why would they do that? But as he reads, he finds out it was for him. It was for him. You gave the money for a Bible to be purchased. A Gideon was the hands and arms of the Lord that placed it where that lady got it. But God had a divine appointment for that scripture that was outside of that distribution. Look what happened. He now goes to his boss, not necessarily referred to as the the Don, but whatever. His boss in the mafia chain, he goes up to him. He's all excited.
0: I'm a Christian.
1: I'm a Christian. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. And he says, you can't. Be quiet, you can't do that. And, he's, and he tells him what a wonderful life he's got ahead of him, you know, that life in the flesh, the money that he can have, staying with the mafia. But oh no, 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 you need to know this book. I've got this book. let me tell you about this man. I've read about him four times. And this boss of his is now saying, "You're a fanatic. you've got to get out of here. Now let me tell you, there are only two ways to get out of the mafia. Did you know that? One is, you're just killed. And the other, you disappear, and nobody knows what happened to you. But he was so fanatical about his Christianity that the Don just told him, just get out of here, get out of here. He says, no, oh, no, no, you must read the back of this book. You can be Christian, too. You can be Christian, too. And he made him leave, and he said, get on a bus and get out of Kiev. I don't ever want to see you again. And he goes to don't know how to pronounce it, but let's just say Venezia. But he goes to this town. You've probably never heard of it. This town is 800,000 people. How does he get there? By bus. What happens when he gets off the bus? This is the rest of the story. He's walking out, and he sees a man with this pin, this emblem. You, you, you wrote this book. You wrote this book. That is you on here in the book. What do you think that Gideon did? Introduced him to a church. Rusulin Andronopov now has a beautiful wife, two wonderful blonde children. He's an active member in his church. Get this he's the chaplain of his Gideon camp in Ukraine. One testament changed a life. Now I want to tell you one more thing about these things called an ISB, the International Scripture Blitz. Because God does things often in our lives to make us aware of how real he is. We're going to go to Brazil. Brazil, right? And Portuguese. We've got all these Portuguese Bibles. Thousands of cases of Portuguese Bibles. Again, because a church like you gave to buy the Bibles. And now here's a guy on in this international scripture blitz and he's with a friend of his. The two of them are sent to this university and they're going up these stairs, lugging a case of 100 Bibles up the stairs and they get in and there's a class going on, has 97 students and a professor. And the professor sees them, hallelujah, hallelujah, English Bibles, English Bibles. And he's, oh, no, 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 they, you know, they're Portuguese Bibles. And he, he's so excited and he's trying to tell him, no, no, no Portuguese, you know. And he, the, this professor is so excited, he goes right past the Gideon, breaks all the rules, cuts the box open himself, and starts to reach in, him, English Bibles, English Bibles. And he knew they weren't English Bibles. But you know what? On the outside of that box, said Portuguese. The Bible that he was holding in his hand was one of a hundred. English. English. Here's this professor. He said, we've been praying for 21 days for our English Testaments. And the fellow looks up at the board and he sees this professor's been writing things in Portuguese and English. Portuguese and English. He's teaching them English and now he has the word of God in English. Now the Gideons are scared to death. Oh my gosh, we've got 5,000 Portuguese cases. What about the rest of them? 4,999 of those cases were Portuguese Bibles. When this Gideon was telling the story. I'll never forget, I held up the two of them and said, look, they're even a different thickness. But that one case was mismarked. Do you think that God had a plan there? As I said, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. I want to close by just sharing one more thing and that is that uh, I've mentioned we'll take up an offering today but There are really three things that we want you to do for us as Gideons. Number one, we want you to pray for us. We want you to pray for the schools in this country that are being closed more and more. We even have hotel chains that no longer want Bibles in their hotels. Pray for that. Secondly, you can certainly give. uh, and There are opportunities to give today, but there are also opportunities. You can go online to the website. You can get cards. I want you to go out and look at the rack that's in the back. Uh, There's not just the thinking of you and in memory and, uh, and the, uh, in recognition cards now. There are all kinds of occasion cards. It's graduation time right now. Order your graduation cards. Get this. For $3, you can buy a card online, and two of these will be placed in conjunction with that money you spent. We just had Mother's Day. I did what a lot of you do. The cards came in you know, from the kids or whatever, and I look at the back. What do they spend for this card? You know, four $6.00 didn't place a Bible. You can buy a card. You can write a nice note. There will be a testimony on the back. The person that receives it isn't only going to be uh, congratulated for their graduation, but they're also going to see that a Bible or two Bibles in that case are placed because of what you thought to do. So I'm going to have you see a little short video here. And by the way, the third thing you can do is something I've been selling a bit today. If one of you thinks... You'd like to have a little of this joy of being involved in a Gideon camp. You have an awesome opportunity right here in the Morgan Green County camp. We're looking for more. Uh, there are qualifications, by the way. And if one really important qualification is you're a member in good standing of your church and the Jimmy will say, yeah, he'll be good. And there are a few other qualifications. And as I mentioned, one of them is being a business and professional man. And that's because we pay our own way for everything that we do. So you will need to be able to do that as well and to get the time to go do it when you can. I thank you for this opportunity to be here today. I mean, every time I come to grace, I'm reminded of his grace. I'm reminded of what, what he did here. Because of one of these that was in a hotel room. The right place at the right time. You can show the video, please. Thank you.
3: Life can sometimes leave you feeling lost, empty, alone, and words of comfort can be hard to find until they're put in your hands. Each time you send a Gideon Expressions greeting card with words of encouragement to a friend or loved one, you also send God's word to someone else who is in need, here or around the world. It's so simple. Give a card, send the word, change a life.
0: I was involved in drug trafficking in my country and sentenced to 20 years in prison. I received a Gideon New Testament and began reading it regularly. One day I prayed to Jesus to change me for the better. I served only 13 years, and I went home to rebuild my life.
3: My father abused me at home. My life was a wreck, and I sought help in a shelter. An auxiliary member of the Gideons left a New Testament with me. My tears flowed as I read it. I prayed to God, and He accepted me as I am. Now, I'm married and thankful the Word of God was there when I needed it. For over 100 years, a love of changing lives for Christ has seen the Gideons International placing scriptures in the hands of hurting people in more than 186 countries and over 80 different languages. Every time you give a Gideon Expressions card, You help more than 250,000 Gideons and Auxiliary members worldwide send God's word to schools and colleges, prisons, hospitals, military, police, fire, and medical personnel, and hotels and motels. It's so easy. Give a card. Give a card. Send Send the word. Send the word. Change a life. Send the word.
2: Change a life. Give a card. Send the word. Change a life
0: change lives is what we're all about it's what every church and every believer ought to be about there's an opportunity this morning for you not simply to give to support this ministry there's an opportunity for you to enter into a changed life beginning today God's grace is far bigger than your sin. And the blood of Jesus Christ is enough to cover it all, no matter what you've done and no matter how far away you've strayed. Perhaps God's touched you through a testimony or through some of the songs you sang or through what Thomas shared this morning. And you come to the realization that more than anything else, you need this new life in Jesus Christ. You need to step out of the darkness and into the light today can be your day there are people here who would love to share with you how to take that step of faith and receive jesus christ as savior and lord in a few minutes we're going to sing one final song i'll ask the praise team if they would come on up right now as they prepare to lead us many churches calls an invitation song and They call it an invitation because it's an opportunity to be invited to receive Christ or invited to take a step of faith, like becoming a part of the life of a church or invited simply to come and return to Christ after having strayed. He knows where you've been. He knows what you've done. And he's ready to receive you. In fact, the story of the prodigal son found in Luke's Gospel it talks about a wayward child. That wayward child is intended to, to show the, the path of a, a sinner gone astray, but the father never, never gave up hope. And when he sees his son coming along that road, filthy, dejected, in poverty. The father doesn't stand there and shake his finger at him and say, see, I told you so. The father runs to him. and Before he can get his excuse out of his mouth, wraps his arms around him, brings him to himself, and receives him home. Perhaps you've strayed, and today you're ready to turn, but you're wondering if the father will receive you. The good news is he's waiting for you.